to the Starting With One podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Our goal is to provide our audience with interesting, relevant information on Canadian healthcare, financial and estate planning issues, and running a business. With each episode, Robin and Al will be exploring topics that matter to you. Starting With One is built off of our experience that we enhance the lives of many starting with one. Every great story that we get to share all started with one phone call, one conversation, or one meeting. These are the stories that make us very proud to do what we do, and it all starts with one. Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast. Hope everyone is having a great day so far. And uh, we're happy to welcome back a repeat guest. Louis Isabella has been on the Benefits Corner podcast, but the first time back uh, coming on the new Starting With One podcast. And Louis is an old friend uh, of both ARIA Benefits and Life and Legacy, and we're really excited to have him. Louis is always one of our most trusted resources uh, in the industry, and I think by the end of the episode, you're going to find out why. So I'm going to introduce Louis, and Al is going to take over for most of the rest of the episode, but uh, I really hope you enjoy it. And turn it over to you, Al. Thanks, Robin. Again, uh, thanks for being here, Louis. I know you've been on one of the podcasts before, but maybe a little bit different audience this time. So why don't you just tell them a little bit about your background and, and what you do. And like Robin said, we've been working together for a long time and there's a reason why. So give them a little bit of background about who you are. Sure. And, and actually, we, we have been working together for, I think, like 20 years. We have lots of mutual clients who benefit from us working together. I run a small accounting firm, been in practice for almost 20 years now. And uh, we do a lot of specialty work for small businesses, lots of personal clients, but mostly small businesses. We try to help them uh, structure and reorganize their affairs in a tax-effective way. Been doing that and enjoying it. Yep, everyone always loves to uh, to save some money on taxes, but that's not what we're here about today. You mean um, we don't want to save money on taxes. We do. We absolutely do all the time, but that's not what we're particularly talking about today. Well, you and I were talking one time, and we were talking about RDSPs, which is the topic of the day. And a lot of people know about RSPs, Registered Retirement Savings Plans. They know about RESPs, which are Registered Education Savings Plans. But you had mentioned during our conversation that not a lot of people know about RDSPs and that they're quite underutilized. So uh, that's what we're here to talk about today. Why don't you start off just, what is an RDSP sure. and, and why should people be using it? Sure, and I do remember we, we had a brief conversation about it uh, recently. To me, it's a bit of a shame because it is a very underutilized program. Um, RDSP, of course, stands for a Registered Disability Savings Plan. And it's very different from the way we think about our RSPs or our ESPs or TFSAs. This is really a benefit promoted by the government for anyone who is disabled. Works really well if, unfortunately, you have children who are disabled. We have many in our, in our client base. And I think the, the studies are out there and they show that there's about... Uh, only 15% of, yeah. of people use RDSPs where they're eligible to use it. Yeah. So that's kind of unfortunate yeah. from that standpoint. Um, I'm not sure how, how detailed you want me to get into. I don't really well, why, why do you think that is, first of all? Why do you think, do you think people just aren't aware that it exists? Do you think that people don't understand that they might be eligible for it? Do you think that people don't think it's worth the time and the effort? Why do you think it's I, so underutilized? I actually, 100%, I'm, I'm convinced that people just don't know about it. 
Okay. It's just one of those things that doesn't seem to be advertised much. I mean, you see the government talking a lot about RSPs, especially when it comes to that time of the year. Yeah. You know, so I, I think it's unfortunate if people aren't dealing with professionals who are knowledgeable in this area. Right. They just don't know about it. The one trigger, of course, is if you have, for example, if you have a disabled child, and you qualify for that disability because uh, you get that tax credit on your tax return. And anyone who's gone through that process understands there's a specified form that gets signed by your doctor. And once that form is signed, you now are eligible to get that automatic tax credit that's available on your tax return. I'm not gonna get into the details of that, just to know that you are automatically eligible to get that. And that's that's the easy part. The thing is, if you are eligible to get that tax credit on your tax return, you are automatically eligible to purchase an RDSP and take advantage of some very attractive government grants. That's the part that people don't seem to know about. They get the first part done, right. but nobody tells them that this is available and it's completely separate from your tax return. Yep. So it has nothing to do with the filing of your tax return. It is a separate filing. So from a client's perspective, that's really their trigger to say, hey, I'm eligible for this thing right. called the RDSP because right. I'm eligible for this disability tax credit. And I think uh, you know, from my perspective, maybe there's a little bit of a disconnect because that's not something that, uh, as a financial advisor, that's not usually a question that comes up. Correct. And that's not something that necessarily the client is going to share with me. You, being the accountant doing the taxes, you do see that. Sure. And quite frankly, in our practice, we have a, a kind of a checklist. And, and so certainly the staff in my office know that every single time we're doing a tax term, if we are filing a disability tax credit, to basically put on uh, on the checklist to discuss this with the client. Right. And, uh, you know, if, if, if we discuss it with the client, they don't know what right, to do. Act on it. Then, then, of course, we'd, we'd hook them up with guys like yourself, right. Life and Legacy, yeah. who are well-versed in this area, and they can help them uh, with the filing and the paperwork. Right. We, we wouldn't actually file it, so no. we just introduce their Fact ability to get it yeah. and get access to yeah. it. Yeah. But I could tell you that it's a program that... And and there's some complications around it, but depending on family income levels, over the period of time that you could have this available to you, you could actually realize up to ninety thousand dollars. Yeah, I think it's a seventy thousand grant. Government grants or plus a twenty thousand dollar bond. Yeah, there's there's two separate types of programs. Right. But altogether, you could be eligible to get up to $90,000 from yep. the government. So it is income tested. Right? Part of it is. It determines how much of the grant and how much of the bond you would Correct. potentially be eligible for. But you're right. Correct. There is a lot of money on the table from the government Correct. for families that qualify for this. So yes, people are definitely missing out on an opportunity if they're not taking advantage yeah. of this. So um, we talked about who. So yes, let's. can you maybe just give a little bit more detail about how the RDSP uh, program works? So first of all, we mentioned the one, the one requirement is you need to qualify for the tax credit, mm-hmm. the disability tax credit. The second requirement, of course, is it, you need to be under the age of 60. If you're over the age of 60, you would no longer qualify for it. Truly, the younger you are, 
the better because you've got uh, the more advantageous this program is. One of the unique features of, of the program is every year you could put in some money. So, you know, so the rule of thumb is there's two aspects to it. There's a grant and a bond. Mm -hmm. The bond is 20,000 over the lifetime of this program and the grant is 70,000. The 70,000 is not generally speaking income tested. All right. So it's based on if you make a contribution, you can get up to, I think, $3,500 every year right. uh, based on your contribution that you would put in. Yeah. And the bond, is, you don't have to make any contribution. So you can get $1,000 from the government uh, every single year just for having this an RDSP, or an RDSP in place in your name or your child's name or whoever it is. Yeah. And it's, a, it's income tested, so it, the, the bond is really for lower income right. thresholds. I think if you have family income over around 50000 you wouldn't qualify uh, for it. So it's generally for the lower income. Uh, but that's free money. Yeah. Uh, you don't even have to put in a contribution yeah, for absolutely. that. But then you still have the other aspect for it, which is if you put in $1,500 a year into the program, the government's going to kick in $3,500 of grant money right. every single year. Yeah. So it's a really, really good program in, in that sense. So if you're eligible, you're almost crazy not to be uh, signed up and 100%. getting, the, uh, 100%. getting the, the money from the government. 100%. So let's talk a little bit then about down the road. So right. you, you, you've opened up the plan, you know, you've been contributing, uh, you've taken advantage of the grant money and or the bond money, depending on what your situation is. How does it work when down the road someone says, okay, I need some of this money now. What can they use it sure. for? Um, when? Are there some sure. limits around how they use it, when they use it? Like, can you talk a little sure. bit about that? So first of all, it's a little bit different from an RRSP. So you're not getting any tax deduction on the money you're putting into this program. Right. So essentially there's three components of money going into your RDSP. There's your contribution that you're making, the government's contribution, and then the money being earned. Right, hopefully you've made some growth. Exactly. So when you take out the money, you're taxable on two parts of it. Okay. All right, you're taxable on the government grant money, right. And you're taxable on the earnings okay. that it makes. You're not taxable on taking out the your contribution. Your own money. All right. So that part is, is fairly clear. Yep. The other unique feature of the RDSP is that there's a 10-year vesting period. All right. It sounds a little complicated, but essentially it works like this. If you put in a dollar today, we're in 2020. Mm -hmm and the government puts in the grant money now, and you wait 10 years before you take out that money, mm -hmm. you don't have any repayment requirement back on the grant money. Right. So the, the government says, if you keep the money in the RDSP for more than 10 years, it's you nice. don't have any repayment back when you take money out. Okay. So if you start taking money out within 10 years of getting the grant money, there is a formula where you got to repay back some of that grant money okay. to the government. So the mindset here is long-term, right. obviously. Mm -hmm. So the longer the timeline where you could keep the money in there, the better off you're going to be. So from what you've said, to me, where this is best utilized is 
someone has a young child, they've got some disability, they want to put some money away, perhaps there's a concern down the road that they, you know, they may not be able to make enough money to support themselves. Right. This is going to be another pile of money that they can rely on 20, 30, 40 years down the road to be able to support that and child. For most people, it should be similar in thought to the RRSP. I mean, generally speaking, people are looking at their RRSP as money for their retirement years. Right. So really, the RDSP should follow that same pattern of thought. Right. You should be putting the money in, thinking that for that child who, who may need more help in their retirement years, that money will be there for them. Right. Just an extra five. And the tax system is laid out so that it's more beneficial if the money is in there for a long period of time. I would suggest if people wanted to put money away for shorter periods of time, they wouldn't use the RDSP, use something like the TFSA, right. which we're familiar with, and yep. that would be maybe another yep. podcast. Right. But this should be long-term. It right. should be definitely a long-term focus to put money away for a lengthy period of time. Yep. One final question from me, and then uh, you know maybe there's something else that you want to cover off, but uh, we've talked about, obviously, the long-term, and yes, it makes sense for children, but an older person can open one of these up, can they not? Sure, they could. It just maybe doesn't make quite as much sense, but sure. they, they can be eligible. Sure. So the problem is you're going to be caught within that 10-year threshold because you can't have this plan beyond the age of 60. But a 30-year-old, for right. example, could open it up right. for themselves. Sure. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it might be best for a young kid, but at the same time, even an older adult could open it up for themselves 100%. Uh, and still take advantage 100%. I should mention there is a cap of $200,000 of contributions that you can make into this RDSP. Right. So you can't actually put more than 200000 into it. Perfect. Anything else that you think anyone should know, want to know about the RDSP? No, I, 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 would, I would just strongly suggest that anyone out there, if you're in a situation where you have someone uh, that you know who's, who has a disability, and especially if you know they are getting that tax credit, right. talk to them about speaking to an advisor yep. because there is no real downside to this program. Right. It can only give you some additional funds, which I'm sure is much needed. Yep. Perfect. Thanks, Louis. Anything to add, Robin? Thanks, Louis. Always great to have you in. And every time I sit in one of these meetings, I, I, I learn something. So hopefully our audience did as well. Louis, if people want to reach out to you directly, what's the best way to get in touch? Oh, they can Google my name, Louis Isabella. They'll find my contact information up. there. Or they can talk to the guys here at Life and Legacy. Perfect. And they we can put you in touch. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, that does it for another episode. Thanks for joining us today. Of course, you know where to find Al and I. You can always join the conversation on LinkedIn. And remember, it all starts with one.